What's the nature of your emergency? Welcome back to the Tactical Living Podcast. I'm your host, Ashley Walton, joined by Detective Walton. Clint, how are you? I'm good. In today's episode, I wanted to talk about the number one secret that they do not tell you about when it comes to meeting your goals. So just sit back, relax, and enjoy today's content. Now, there's a book. Of course, there's a book, (laughs) right? (laughs) It's by a guy named David Allen, and it's called Getting Things Done. And I'm going to just kind of take out some some of my, my biggest thinking points when it came to this particular book. And one of the main focuses that he talks about is something we talked about in a previous episode is focusing on input management. And by doing that, we're also able able to filter out any objections. So what does that mean exactly? We can talk about if then a lot, because that's a great concept. If this happens, then this happens. And also, if this happens, then this doesn't happen, just so happens to be a big one when it comes to excuses as to why we're not doing particular things. So when we'll use the the fitness, because that's a great one that we can all relate to. And if we set out to work out three days out of the week and we know what our schedule is and we're pumped up to do it, some, you know, I can stop and ask, how's your New Year's resolution going? Because for most people, it had something to do with diet or fitness and their New Year's resolution isn't something that they've thought about since January. Mm. And a lot of the reasons why is because of this if then. And when we allow if then to intrude and to impede on our goals that we set forward, it's usually because we have not strategized something to allow us to break through that and to have the discipline to break through that. So If X happens, then Y is going to happen. If I feel too tired to work out when I get home after work, then I'm probably just going to sit on the couch and eat a bunch of shit that I shouldn't be eating, right? That would be an if then. We can strategize that by telling ourselves, if I feel too tired to work out when I get home from work, then I'm going to look down at the sneakers that I put by the front door and I'm going to use that as a cue to work out. Or if I feel too tired to work out when I get home from work, then I'm going to, and I love this one. I just came up with this. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to open up my medicine cabinet in my bathroom and I'm going to look at the vision board that I put there of all of the things that I think that I want to become as it pertains to my health and my fitness. So how cool would that be if you have this secret spot where you put pictures of, I don't know if a giant bicep is your thing or, you know, Whatever the thing is that you think would would spark your energy or help to encourage you to be more of that thing, um, even words like energy, vitality, not tired, excited. Maybe you've set a particular goal for yourself that if you lose 20 pounds and you're going to go to Disneyland, I hope not Disneyland, but you know, having those types of things to be able to look at as these neurological triggers so that the if then allows you to practice that discipline. It's a really good concept that you just said, like, and I'm going to use Disneyland as the kind of example with it is you have that picture of Disneyland as your goal. You're trying to achieve that and it's something that excites you, whatever it may be. And you see that every day when you say you like you said, you come home from work and you just you feel too tired. You're like, I don't want to work out. But then you walk in and you see that picture of Disneyland there saying, well, 
I'm not going to get this reward unless I, I achieve my goal. So let's just fucking power through it and just get it done, you know? And the secret sauce here is actually accountability. So I would encourage that as we're practicing discipline with our if-thens, we also find an accountability partner. And if you have a family, then I'm thinking about when I was a kid, how how cool it would have been to be involved in something like this and further build on the relationship with my folks. Let's pretend that losing 20 pounds is that number one goal that you're working towards right now. And you were to sit down with your family at dinner, which I hope that you do anyways. That was a beautiful memory that I have from being a kid. And you were to have a family meeting where you told your kids that you are trying to lose 20 pounds and it's very hard. And these are all of the roadblocks that you keep running into and that you want them to be involved in your accountability journey and that any time that you get home from work and you don't feel like working out, you're going to come to them and you're going to let them know and that you're asking them for your for their support to be able to encourage you during those times that if then comes and you don't have the strength or the discipline to be able to power through it. Like, could you imagine the level of love and support that kids would have? We, we are givers. We naturally want to be able to support people through a process, especially in a difficult time. So how cool would it be to have your little kid like, Daddy, you could do this. And Daddy, you, you said you were going to. Like all of the things that would make your heart melt and to be able to help you to push forward. Not only that, it, you're going to motivate them to want to do more and have their own if-then as well. And you're doing this this task, not even to reach your own goals, but they're going to find goals that they want to reach and, and they're going to be supporting you and it's going to create a healthy environment just in your whole household to where everyone's wanting to achieve their own, their own, this, if uh, I can't talk, if if thens. And this could work both ways too. That's a great point. Being able to involve kids in their own goal setting as well. And by asking children in particular what the things are that are important, let's say that little Tim wants to join the softball team. That would be a great pathway to be able to discuss the importance of sleep. So if he is one of those kids that is defiant and doesn't want to go to bed when he's supposed to, then sharing the importance of how sleep links up directly with being able to make the team would also be a great strategy to be able to encourage when it comes to his own if-thens. It's funny, like I'm thinking of my own family history and, and when I was young in school, like my grades were starting to dwindle down and my parents said, well, if you get all A's this time around, we'll give you $50. And I don't remember the exact amount or anything, but they set a goal for me and it pushed me to bring my grades up because I knew there was that achievement at the end that if I, if I got that, I was going to get this reward. And it's that that seeing that and then reminding me of it throughout the weeks leading up to my final report card that showed that I reached that goal and that sense of accomplishment afterwards. Yeah. And I think we don't realize how well bribery works when we're kids, (laughs) but we can bribe ourselves even as adults because the things that are important to us that would give us that same similar drive 
they are the things of looking at that vision board and seeing somebody who is your ideal weight or seeing that place that you want to go that you know you're going to be able to when you hit this target. Having things to work towards becomes it becomes something that we'll do one day as we get older. And I feel like that happens more and more increasingly the older that we get. And when we recognize that pattern that is starting to take place within us, then it becomes all more, all the more important for us to make sure that we're using these techniques to put little bribes, even if it's not eating out, but once a month, let's say, if that's something that you struggle with or not eating dessert, but once a month, like that's, that sounds incredibly difficult for some people, but having goals like that, if you deprived yourself of that and you got back to the days where, you know, having a 33 cent hamburger from McDonald's was an exciting thing to do. I remember that in my household, that was a treat for Mm -hmm. us that, you know, we didn't get to eat out hardly ever. And so having things that we now as adults take for granted and using them as ways to reconnect with that type of gratitude that we had for those experiences when we were younger, I think is a really beautiful thing, a really beautiful gift to be able to give to ourselves. Yeah. It's, it's so, it's, it sounds so minuscule on so many levels. Like, and it's just those little, those little goals that you set for yourself. Well, if I work out every day this week, I'm going to get to eat that three scoop Sunday from Baskin Robbins. And not feel guilty about it. So you can eat it and enjoy it. And then, and then it, it gives you that, that happiness when you've achieved that. And it even goes beyond that. Like when you're in that focused state and you set those if ends and that goal is to eat that three scoop Sunday, you worked out all week. And, and most of the time, like, and I can say this for myself is you get to that last day and you're like, I work so hard already. Why am I going to ruin it by eating that Sunday? But if you keep pushing out that goal and saying, well, that's still my goal or find something else that's more tangible that you want to strive towards and setting that in place to where you reward yourself on that back end, then it's, it's amazing what we can accomplish. Yeah. There's so many small tricks that we can use. So another example would be if you get home from work and you know, you're going to work out, then the, if then could be, I, I, you know, I get home and I just want to take a shower and then kick back on the couch. Well, if you get home, then you're not allowed to take a shower until you've worked out. Or if you get home, then you're not allowed to watch television until you've worked out. Or if you get home, then you're not allowed to watch television unless you've eaten a low carb dinner first, like if that is the thing. And so imagine what the self-discipline would look like if you got home and you didn't eat that low carb meal that you planned, you ate out on the way home from work at a fast food place, and then you had such, such discipline, such a contract and commitment with yourself that you sat on the couch and you did not turn on that TV. That sounds like gut-wrenching for some people to practice that. But those are the types of if-thens that we need to understand when we commit to ourselves fully 
and we're going all in, then that's where the change takes place. So I hope you've gotten some value out of today's episode. If you have, do us a favor, drop a review, subscribe down below. And as always, know that I'm sending you a long, tight hug from my home to yours.